Imagine one minute you're having a pretty normal day and then suddenly you can't feel your legs, you're in the most excruciating pain imaginable, and you're told there's a chance you might never walk again. Well, that's exactly what happened to my guest this week. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. One person with a pretty good story to tell is Brian Robeson from England. So back in 1965, Robeson had a couple of friends stuff him into a crate and send him from Australia back home to England. 1964, Robeson had traveled from Cardiff, Wales, where he was from, to Melbourne, Australia, on an assisted immigration program to work for Victorian Railways. He quickly decided, you know, Australia wasn't for him. You know, it's a place where literally everything's trying to kill you, so that's uh, perfectly understandable. And uh, he was also just desperately homesick, but he couldn't just quit because he had a contract with the Australian government to stay and work for two years. If you broke the contract, you'd have to pay the money back, and, uh, you know, he obviously didn't want to do that. So the idea they came up with was to put him in a crate, send him back home to London, and then he'd just disappear into the crowd and not have to worry about his contract. The whole process was supposed to take 36 hours, but ended up taking five days in which he was just jammed into a crate. And instead of going to London, he was sent all the way to Los Angeles. He barely made it out alive and didn't really talk about his experience until now when he wrote a book about it called The Crate Escape. I see what he did there. Of course, you'd already know about Brian's epic travel tale if you stopped by my website, keithconradmedia.com, and signed up for my free email newsletter, The News Side Quest. Each weekday, you'll get a collection of wonderful stories just like that one, along with my snarky commentary and some chuckle-worthy gifts. My guest this week is the host of Walt's Kitchen Table, where he talks to people about what makes them tick all around the kitchen table. Walt Blau, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, man, my pleasure, my friend. And you've got your own podcast that's actually kind of in the same ballpark as what I'm doing here on the Greatest Story Ever podcast. It is. It's very similar, and I'm glad we connected. Uh, it's called Walt's Kitchen Table podcast. And uh, the reason for that, growing up, you know, we're even to this day, where do you gather when people come over to your house and uh, it's the kitchen table, the kitchen is standing room only, you know, and uh, some of the best conversations, stories, life lessons, laughs, cries, everything has been around for me personally have been around my kitchen table growing up. Yeah, it seems like that's always where your best memories are growing up or even as an adult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's in our, and I talk about it quite a bit on my show. I think that's built into our DNA uh, back, way back, you know, we're cavemen and all that. Uh, you, if you're around a, you know, back then it was a campfire. If you're around a campfire eating and everybody's happy, that or that's success. You've, you're, you're sharing your success because you've had this hunt. Now everybody can come together around the kitchen so I think that's just built in our DNA that, you know, like the Italians, hey, let's break bread together. You know, that's it's a communal thing. It, 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 I truly believe it's built into us. Yeah, and it's uh, waltzkitchentable.com uh, is where people can get information. Yeah, uh, that's, yep I, yep, I say all the links to the show and all the information you're going to ever need is in that, at, at the website. 
So if, if you like the greatest story ever podcast, I can pretty much guarantee you, you're going to like that one too. <laughs> Thanks man. De- definitely sort of the same, uh, the same DNA, uh, you know, in, in, in both podcasts. Yep. Uh, so you have a story that uh, that takes kind of a dark turn, but ends up having a happy ending. So you know, if it, if you're feeling kind of bummed out listening to that, <laughs> stick with us. It'll, it'll be fine. Yeah, there's there's a there's a very happy ending, and I'll keep it light too. Um, you want me to just jump into it? All right, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my wife and I are, are extremely active, um, have been since we met, and what we do is once a year we. We uh, work with Habitat for Humanity. You guys are, you know what that is? Yeah. Okay. So we'll go here locally in Jersey. We'll find some uh, project that they're doing and we'll go help uh, for the day or the weekend, you know, at a build. So whatever they need. So if you've never done one of these, what you do is you show up at the site, uh, of course, with paperwork and uh, all that beforehand, but you show up to the site, there's a general contractor and you gather around and he asks people, what their qualities or what they're capable of doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, give you an example where I ended up, the guy says, Hey, there's a a tongue and groove wood floor that needs to be put in the kitchen. Who is able to do that? And I raised my hand and he's like, great. And there's another guy that raised his hand. So we get put on this project and we're working along. And it's, it's, it's pretty labor intensive. And I, I, was not, you know, down on my hands and knees putting it together. And I stood up and I, I felt and heard a pop in my back. And I'm not, un- it's not uncommon for me to get a backache, uh, mm-hmm. you know, t- 20 years and beat myself up sports and gym and all over the things. And so my normal course of action is I put some heat on it or I take some Tylenol or Motrin and I, quote unquote, stay off it for a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, that, that happens to everybody as, uh, as we all get a little older. So sometimes, you know, when we're not even that old. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, and I'll, when we get further in the story, I found out something really cool about the back. So it just seemed to be really bothering me, but I, I finished the day's work, you know, uh, growing up because that's what a man does, right? You don't, you, you right. know, you, you tell somebody you're going to do something, you end up, you know, you got to do it. So I, we drive home and I, I tell my wife, I said, man, I'm just going to lay down and I put some heat on it and I take uh, some, you know, Motrin and I go to bed and about two o'clock in the morning, I wake up and I can't feel nothing from my waist down. Oh, wow. I, I can't move my toes. I, I scratch my thigh. I can feel it on my fingertip, but I can't feel it on my leg. And I'm like, what the, what's going on here? I didn't freak out. I was like, all right. So I tap my wife on her shoulder and I say, baby, I need you. (laughs) She's like all groggy. She's like, you okay? And she like hugs me and I'm like, okay. And uh, I said, "Uh, something's wrong. I said, oh, there's something wrong with my back. She's like, oh, and she pats me on the chest and she's like just breathe it's it'll be okay it'll be all right in the morning and i'm like oh, i don't think there's something going on here and uh that's when the pain set in and are you a metallica fan by any chance uh that not a not a huge fan but i i'm aware of metallica yeah okay you ever see the the cover 
art of ride the lightning. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I felt like. <laughs> so, at this at two morning, so at two yeah. in the morning and I'm like, this pain is crazy. And we've, quickly figure out that and you'd actually have to kind of be feeling a little bit better when uh, there's a lot of pain because you know we should know something's going on you know if when you woke up and you couldn't feel anything at all that would that would you know it, it would freak me out even more than than feeling pain absolutely and the and the as weird as it sound i was relieved to feel that mm-hmm. kind of pain so we you know we quickly quickly realize that we need to call an ambulance so we call an ambulance and these two young ladies show up, and they're the sweetest young ladies in the world. They were so nice. But I'm 6'1", 260 pounds, and like 11% body fat. So I'm this big guy, and I can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And these two young ladies are like, the stretcher won't come into the bedroom, so we need to carry you. I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> so I I scoot out of bed and the whole time I'm just waterworks out of my eyes. I'm not screaming or anything like that. It's just the pain was crazy. And uh so they one each gets under my shoulder and I just kind of hobble to the gurney. Mm-hmm. And they drop me on the gurney and I screamed to where my my uh throat was raw. It was crazy because the my back hit the gurney, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "All right, let's just go, let's go." And I don't remember any of the ride to the hospital. We get to the hospital. The they wheel me in, and you know how they're supposed to. Well, sometimes when they move you from the the ambulance gurney to the hospital gurney, they put like a little plate, so they scoot you over, or they pick you up with the with the the sheet. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To scooch over. Yeah. Well, when they did this, they dragged me right above my tailbone across the gurney, and it hit the bar, and I screamed again. And I remember this nurse looking down at me and going, "At least we know he's not faking it." <laughs> and I was like, "What? What? What are you talking about?" Come to find out later, I found out people fake that to get drugs, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a common thing. I didn't know that. And uh, so they put, they try morphine. It didn't work. Didn't take the pain away. They try something else. And I can't remember the name of it, but it's like, she, I remember her saying it was seven times stronger than morphine. And I was still in pain. So that what they did is they put me in twilight to where I was, I could kind of tell what was going on. But I'll tell you what, Keith, when they shot me with that, now I know why people fake it to get that high. Whoa. <laughs> I was a I was a heavy drug user back in the day and I ain't never had a high like that. I was like, this is amazing. But they they take me into the room Wait, and I, you're in pain or, or did that completely gone. I was on, I was in I was in seventh heaven. I was floating. It was amazing. And I can't remember the drug it was. That's but, probably for the best. For the best. Yeah. Good good call. Right. Yeah. Cause I'd probably be hunting that one down. But, uh, so I wake up in the hospital room, morphine drip and no feeling from my waist down, Mm -hmm. but no pain. 
either. So I was like, okay, I'm wondering what's going on here. This guy comes running in. It was like 11 o'clock at night. This dude comes running in and he looked like Columbo. <laughs> and he had these papers and these folders and he looked all dishuffled. And he's like, hey, I heard you fucked up your back. Oh, sorry, dude. Can I swear? My bad. Oh, okay. Blessed. Okay. He's like, I heard you fucked up your back. I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. He goes, does it hurt? And I go, uh, no, uh, morphine drip. And I hold up the clicker, you know, I'm like, did it, did it. And, uh, he goes, yeah, I could tell by your cat scan here that, uh, you're a big guy. Cause the amount of morphine they're giving you. Okay. All right. All right. This is good. This is good. And he left. And I was like, oh, okay. The fuck? That's an odd conversation to have with a doctor. Yeah, he didn't even look like a doctor, dude. He was just like in a suit. And I was <laughs> he, like, he was actually the janitor. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. And this nurse comes in to give me some vitals and or do all that, and she goes, "You are so lucky." And I'm like, uh, "Okay." By the way, who the fuck was that? And she goes, <laughs> "He's taking he's taking your case." And I'm like, uh, "Okay, but who was that?" And his name is Doctor Clement. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Keith. This dude, his bedside manner is not for everybody, but this dude is amazing. He was Ronald Reagan's neurosurgeon. Oh, nice. And I just happened to be, he happened to be doing rounds and he ha I happened to be there and he uh, comes in the next day saying all dishuffled, never even introduced himself or anything. He's like, this is what we're going to do. Uh, this is what I want to do. And this is what we're hoping we're going to do, but we're not going to do it for 10 days. And I'm like, okay, is there a reason why? He goes, yeah, because I don't have my vascular surgeon and I will not operate on you without my vascular surgeon. And, and I go, so I have, okay. to, I have to stay here for 10 days? And he looks at my legs and he looks at me and goes, where the fuck are you going to go? I was like, <laughs> I was like, and I gave him like a pistol thing and I go, point taken. And he leaves. He just walks out. He doesn't say goodbye. Nothing. Just leaves. I was like, this guy's amazing. I loved him from the day one. He's awesome. I can't tell. I cannot say enough good about this dude. And you look at his website and it's just a blank white thing with his name on it. He's like, I don't need a website. I, I, I don't need any of that. But anyway, that's off. So a little bit of the dark side of it, like during the day, people were visiting and it was great, you know, and my wife, my wife is huge on food is therapy. Food heals everything. Well, first of all, at this point, have they told you what was, go what was going on with you? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I missed that part. <laughs> so, what, <laughs> so Clement says, I go, what happened? And he goes, you blew a disc, but you just didn't blow a disc. You ruptured it. He goes, imagine... You know when you bite it, this is him, this is his narrative. Do you know when you bite into a hamburger and all the shit falls out the other side? And I'm like, uh, yeah. He goes, that's what your disc did. And now you're, the rubber part of your disc is pushing against all your nerves. That's why you have no function from the waist down. Okay. And he shows me the x-ray. Dude, it was. That's actually a really good ex explanation. Even I, with no medical ex, you know, experience, I, 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 can, I, can, I can see what he's going for there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, thanks, man, for dummies. He just explained that to dummies. Right. <laughs> and uh, 
And he goes, so what I want to do is uh, get in there and we're going to go through the front. Uh, we're not going to go in your back. So we're going to give you like a bikini scar and we're going to open you up and we're going to go through there. I'm going to clean all that out. And I want to put this little carbon fiber mechanical piece in there that articulates and does all this crazy stuff. So you're an active guy. You're in good shape. I want to keep your lifestyle to what you're used to. He goes, that's plan A. All right, cool. What's plan B? He goes, if it's too messed up in there, uh, I'll fuse it together and it's going to really limit your uh, activities. You know, it'll, it'll, tr it'll put a lot of limitations on you. I'm like, all right. And it's quiet for a second and we're all standing there and I go, uh, plan C? He goes, oh yeah, you don't walk ever again. And he leaves. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I love this guy, man. But it, it's it's hard to express, like, because his body language is so warm, and he just makes you feel so comfortable. Uh -huh. So, but the, every time I've seen him to this point, he's extremely dishuffled. Yeah, but 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 the interesting thing to me is like, I I could see you know, like if you had been skydiving and your chute didn't open or something like that, like you you get that you'd kind of signed up for, you know, risk in, in some way. But but you you didn't really do anything out of the ordinary. You just kind of stood up. Well, that, that well, totally blew my mind. Well, see what it is. It's I kicked the shit out of myself for years with motorsports and physical activities and all that, and it just mm -hmm. eventually wore out. So I was just waiting to happen. Yeah, he goes. It was a ticking time bomb. He goes. This was going to happen no matter what. Uh, he goes. You could have got off the couch. He goes. You could have got out of the, your car. He goes, mm -hmm. just waiting for this to happen. And uh, so during the week, you know, this, this 10 days, my wife, again, she's just huge in food. So my, love, my lovely wife, in one day, the next day, she brings bags of cooked food, bags of jars and containers. And she makes a list for the nurses on the board labels all the containers, what day, what lunch, breakfast, and supper is for me, how long to heat it, everything. Like, to, like gives it all these directions. And the nurse is like, this is amazing. Because my wife's like, you're not eating hospital food. That's no good. I want you to have good food. That would be, that would be rough. Yeah. So during the day, again, it was cool. I just, I just tons of visitors all day long, all day long. And my wife's there. But I'm telling you, Keith, at night, sitting there by yourself, scratching your leg, wondering if you're ever going to walk again. Mm -hmm. Many nights I cried myself to sleep, and I never told my wife that. It was, it was, it was, it, it, I went deep in a hole, you know, and I got thinking about people that could never walk again or people that spend years in a hospital bed like that. I just... I have a whole new respect for that kind of thing, but that's off. Because I mean, if you're anything like me, when you, anything goes wrong, you know my my wife and I uh, had had COVID back in November, and uh, you know the the whole time, like we're you know me at least, I'm imagining the worst possible outcome, and that that's the only thing I'm focused on. Hundred percent. Yep. You yeah. always go to the worst possible outcome, and uh, so my the night. Uh, the day before my surgery, 
my wife comes in and I fucking lost it, dude. Uh, she comes and looks at me and I could not stop crying. And it was crazy how emotional I got over it. And, um, uh, she's like, okay, you know, tomorrow we'll see what happens. And, and again, Keith, it, it was my mind all week has been going, I'm never going to walk again. Oh my God, I'm never going to be able to sex with my wife again, you know, and, and just all that stuff. Right. I mean, I'm going to have somebody have to wipe my ass. I'm not going to tell, I won't know if I piss myself cause I won't be able to feel it, you know, and all that kind of thing. And, and, uh, so the, the morning of the surgery, they prep me, they take me down into the, the room and all of a sudden the sh- the, the shade or the, the, the curtain flies open and there's Clement. I, f- you wouldn't have been able to recognize him cause that's who I've been seeing all week. Mm-hmm. That dude was freshly shaved, had literally had rose colored glasses on hair, all combed, looked awesome, refreshed. I'm like, whew, whew, okay. I was waiting for him to show up with his hair all disheveled and in a suit and be like, yeah, I'll be right with you. But uh, going to the surgery, and, uh, of course, I come out of the uh, recovery room, but Clement says to my wife, I'm going to call you when we're done to let you know how it goes. So my wife says, the phone rings. She's like, hello? And she goes, the narrative was this. Yeah, there was a lot of calcium in there, but we got what we wanted to do, and uh, he's good to go. And he hung up. <laughs> but like, war- but like warm. She goes, the way he talked, it was warm. It wasn't like mean. And uh, it was great. So I come, I get wheeled into the room out of the recovery room, and recovery was a fuck. I've had quite a few surgeries in my life, and I've never had a recovery that rough. It was just weird. I don't know why. I can't tell you why, but it was just. So I get wheeled into the room, and here's my wife and one of her girlfriends. And I see them both. I remember seeing them both. And then I passed out again and had the most amazing trip of my life. And again, I was a heavy drug user back in the day, and I've never had a trip like that. The only thing I remember of that trip was, you know, those yellow Oreos, the oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the lemon ones. Yep. They were spinning. And then the, the happy and sad face of the theater, they were talking to me. That's the only thing I remember, man. And my wife's like, you're sitting there smiling and giggling and having a good time. She goes, I don't know what you were dreaming about, but I was like, oh, that was great. But I woke up at six o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. At nine o'clock that night, the physical therapist came into my room and told me to get out of bed. And I was like, "Are you fucking? Are you kidding me?" Yeah. So after at least ten days of of just laying there. Yeah. She goes, "Yeah, out of bed, out of bed right now. Come on, let's go." With a lot of complaining and bitching for me, we get out of bed. And I get a walker. So I'm supporting myself with my arms and kind of just dragging my feet. Mm-hmm. And we get in the hallway and we walk down to her uh, uh, physical therapist room. And in this room is like a toilet and a sink. So if you've never had back issues, you don't understand how much or how important it is just to bend over and brush your teeth. 
-hmm. Like I couldn't bend over and brush my teeth for like a month after. But so, um, but as we walked into this room, Keith, what happened to me was on the back wall, as big as the wall was painted on the wall from corner to ceiling, floor to ceiling, everything. It said motion is lotion. And I sit there looking at it. I looked at her. She goes, pretty profound, isn't it? I go, it actually is. That hit me so hard. And still to this day, it it's uh, very profound for me. And I'm a very active guy. And I believe that, you know, your back is sore because you're not doing anything. Uh-huh. You know, people are like, oh, my back, so I'm not going to do anything. No, you should. My shoulder hurts. Well, you should still work out. You should still walk around. But anyway, that's a whole other subject. And it was just crazy what that saying still does to me. So she gave me a plan to work. And I told my wife, I said, you know what? I'm going to check my ego during physical therapy. Whatever Clement says and whatever the physical therapist says, I'm doing to a T. Uh She gave me a plan. Clement gave me a plan. Three months later, I came out of this thing stronger than I ever have been. It's crazy. And now I, I can deadlift 500 pounds. I can run a 28-minute uh, 5K. Sorry, I got my baby in the background. That's cool. You can, you can lift the baby. I can lift the baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just just going through an experience like that. I have such a uh, – when somebody says their back hurts or when somebody has an injury, it just gave me a whole new outlook of – when I see, and I do a lot of volunteer work for uh, vet uh, vets, mm-hmm. and I go into these hospitals and I see these guys and ladies that are there for months at a time, bedridden. I can't even, I can't even fathom what that takes on the toll it takes on you, mentally and physically. But mentally, are you kidding me? Oh, but yeah, that's uh, that was five years ago, man, and I'm still in motion. Was at the gym this morning crushing it yeah i mean it shows you like just how quickly you know something can happen that's gonna completely you know completely derail your life but at the same time you can you can also get get through it it just as quickly you know and i and i tell people when i when i talk about it i could have easily went down that rabbit hole of what was me Uh and i'm not gonna oh fuck it i'm not gonna do anything oh my back is messed up, forget it. I'm not even going to try to fix it. This is going to be me for the rest of my life. You know, I could have easily went down that road, but I'm like, no, man, this is not going to slow me down. And I do have a few limitations, very few limitations. Uh, And the point that I make is, you know, that being a man, like, I don't know how you grew up, but when I was growing up, hey, why do we? Why should I do this? Because that's what a man does, uh-huh. right? That whole narrative. I can physically. I love snowboarding. Love snowboarding. I can physically snowboard. I can physically ice skate. Used to play hockey. I can physically do these tasks or do these things, but I choose not to because twenty minutes of glory and I get injured. Now I can't take care of my family. Uh-huh. You know, it's just not worth it. So I just choose not to do it. And that's kind of like the narrative. That's what a man does is chooses not to do those 
because he knows the bigger picture. You know, not not going out there and look at me, I'm all macho and I'm doing this because of my back, I'm fixed, I'm good, and then you get hurt. Now my wife's wiping my ass. No, no, that ain't going to happen, you know? Yeah. And um, going back to the the disc thing, this is – do you do you have back – do you ever once in a while have back pain in your back? Like you strain your back and you're like, oh, oh. No, I've, I've been pretty fortunate that at this point I haven't uh, run into anything like that. All right. So what I learned was, you know, the disc between your vertebrae, mm-hmm. there's gel in there. Yeah. That gel is foreign to our body. Our body does not know that that's there. So when your back gets – what's that? I, I said, really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I learned this too. This is super fascinating to me. So when your back hurts, when you get a backache, you strain that disc to a point where a little bit of that gel squeezed out. And your and this is Clement talking. Your body attacks it like you threw a pencil in your back because it's a foreign body. Your body doesn't know. So now your back gets tight. And you get a little bit of pain because your body's attacking it, tightens the muscles, tries to keep it from getting more injured. Then it realizes, oh, that belongs to us. And then your back pain goes away. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is amazing. That's what he told me. And he's a renowned neurosurgeon. So that's not me. Yeah, that's not me talking. That's him talking. So I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to leave that with him. So. Uh, that, yeah. That's a pretty story, uh, Walt. Thanks so much for uh, for sharing it with me. I appreciate it, man. It's always fun talking with other people and and uh, putting a story out there. And hopefully, somebody listens to it and says, "You know what? I can. Uh, I don't have to sit here either. You know, I can get in motion myself and mm-hmm. get out there and get in motion. Motion is lotion. Motion is lotion. <laughs> if you think you could top Walt's story or that guy who had himself shipped from Australia to England. Shoot me an email at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail.com. Gabatron.